4: Hi, and welcome to Land Grant and Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamaninni. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview breakout sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, we hear from OSU head football coach Ryan Day and two players as they prepare to take on Clemson in the college football playoff semifinals on December 28th. The group spoke to collected reporters on Monday, December 16th. Today we will hear from Day along with freshman defensive end Zach Harrison and sophomore offensive lineman Josh Myers. Tomorrow we will have interviews with redshirt sophomore Sean Wade, graduate transfer Jonah Jackson, sophomore tight end Jeremy Ruckert, and sophomore cornerback Seven Banks. So make sure that you check out tomorrow's episode as well. Before we get to today's audio, if you are finding this episode on our website, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. So now with that logistical tidbit out of the way, here's Ohio State head football coach, Ryan Day.
5: It depends. I mean, I obviously want to do it as quickly as we can, um, but, you know, we're, we're going to get the best in America because it's Ohio State, so... Uh, you know, want to make sure we make the right decision, um, and uh, you know for a lot of reasons. But uh, you know we're going to get the best coach in America to go coach that position, and that's what's great about Ohio State. So uh, you know we're going to move quickly, but we want to be smart as well.
6: For clarity, a lot of fans have asked about the two-year agreement that Urban used to ask his coaches for. That was nothing that was in a contract. though. That was just a gentleman's agreement. That, that was just nothing that was written into a
7: contract. Correct. That's right.
8: How important is it to have guys like Greg Madison and Matt Barnes, who have been a co-defense coordinator, have been in the defensive back rooms to kind of help you through that transition
9: when Jeff Athey
5: leaves? Yeah, I mean that's huge. Um, those guys have been around. Obviously, Larry Johnson's been around. Uh, you know, Greg and and uh, Matt and uh, you know Al Washington. All those guys are uh, you know huge for us. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it's been a group effort. And he's uh, certainly going to miss Jeff, and, and wish him nothing but the best of luck. He's going to do a great job at Boston College, but but we got a great staff there. We're going to go find somebody else to fill it in, and we're going to be fine.
8: You Built your coaching staff? Did you do that by design to have two co-defensive coordinators, to have two defensive backs coach? So if somebody did decide to leave, you're not starting from scratch. That's
5: exactly it. That's that's why you do it that way. You know, when you bring in one guy to run the whole thing, and then all of a sudden he leaves, that's a problem. But um, you know, the idea of this defense was something that I had a vision of um, for down front with. You know, cover one, cover three, a lot of single high, and and that's what Jeff fit perfectly. That's what Greg and Larry believed in. That's what Matt Barnes had done at Maryland, and uh, and what uh, you know All had done in his past. So it all fit, and so we're going to keep that keep that going. That's the idea. We're not all of a sudden going to change. Uh, you know, Jeff came in to to run this defense, and he did a great job. But but we're going to just going to you know fill that in, and, and we're going to continue to do the same thing that we're doing on defense uh, in the future.
3: Coach, I know it's a business trip. Players always talk about bowl trips being business trips, but you've got Christmas coming up. You, you want this to be something that they can both celebrate today and remember tomorrow. How do you balance them, focusing on the, the task at hand and getting the most enjoyment out of this as possible?
5: Yeah, we, we try to do the best we can to make it a uh, a trip that they can enjoy. It's a reward, but this one's a little different because we're, we we still have a lot on the line here, and um, you know so. Uh, it, it goes back on the seniors, and we're going to talk about that today in our team meeting, and, uh, you know, we still have a lot of work to do here on campus before we get out there, but uh, but this is a little different. You know, their curfews are going to be a little earlier, and you know, we shouldn't really have to enforce those if we have the team that we want. And, uh, you know, while they have to enjoy it, and they will enjoy it, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we don't understand what's at stake. And uh, our, I think our guys will do a great job of that.
3: You rely on when, when you look to replace happily. Like, who are the guys whose opinions on defensive football that you respect enough that you're going to tap them and say, "What do I need to, to replace this guy?" Oh, you
5: always have a list. You always have people that um, you have ready because you know that in you know in this world, you you go to a place like Ohio State and you do well. Things like this are going to happen, and you can either uh, go hire somebody that's going to be here for you know seven or eight years. Or you can go hire the best in the country, and we're going to go hire the best in the country because that's what we. I look those guys in the eye and tell them, you know, I told the DBs last year at this time, I'm going to go, be- go get the best guy in the country. They didn't know who Jeff Hafley was. And um, and now they love him, you know, and they're going to miss him. But I'm going to do the same thing again next year and go get the best there is. And, um, you know, you just you call around to different people that, you know, uh, you respect, but but usually the people that you bring in are people that you know really well and you trust. Ryan, we've asked you, um, I think, a couple times this year about sort of how analytics factor into the way you guys game plan and philosophy. I'm wondering along those lines, how much you look at scoring at the very end of the first half and the very beginning of the second half because it seems like you guys have been very good at that this year and it seems like something that, you know, when people do pay attention to analytics, that's important to them and can swing games. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think when you look at it, that is a very important part of the part of the game, that that area right there. And, you know, if you win those areas, you typically give yourself a chance to win the game. But, uh, you know, we don't get too pigeonholed on, on exactly like us trying to, like, game plan those times of the game. But... But certainly there, there's, you know, when you're talking to the guys, you know, you say, hey, listen, this is a big point of the game. We have to really be on point right here. And you just kind of talk about those things. And I think the more the guys play the game this year and the more experience they have, they understand those critical times in the game where you have to be on your game. And like you're saying, those are important. But to say you game plan or do anything different in those moments, that's, that's probably not accurate. Have you felt like you have been... Fairly successful in those moments. Maybe aside from the late touchdown Wisconsin scored, it seems like you guys were pretty good there. Yeah, no, I think we have been been pretty good in those areas. And, um, you know, it's important. You know, we look at some of the great teams. You know, you look at those the years under Belichick with Patriot. Those guys were unbelievable in those spots right there. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you try to do the best you can to get a feel for those games when it's right. You know, there's also been times where, you know, at the end of the first half, we've taken a knee just because we had to get ourselves under control and I think it was the Penn State game. Remember, we were like midfield, and then it was like, oh, let's just get back into halftime. So, uh, some of it's a feel too, you know, and that has to go along with the analytics as well.
1: Ryan, I know you've been asked this several times throughout the season, but I wondered if you could reflect on it now. Uh, you ha- you've had a whirlwind month, really a whirlwind season for a guy your age in his first. Um, season you know coaching in a big time program and i know you have a ways to go but have you been able is there a time when you were like driving home or laying in bed at night you're going oh my god what just happened it's have you been able to reflect on it like
5: that uh no i haven't even had time to to think at all i mean this this last week was the craziest week i've ever been a part of and you know, we have these mid-year guys coming in and we had, you know, four and a half days to get there. And then there's different award ceremonies and, and, uh, things all over the country. It was crazy. And then we only have three weeks to get ready for this game really. And so then when you, when you, you know, put recruiting into it, you have two weeks to play this game. Uh, so I, this, this was, this was a, a week where every, every second mattered in recruiting. And, uh, I thought we did a good job getting out there and had to, you know, uh, you know, travel a lot and do a lot of stuff, but, um, uh, but again, now it's back to focusing on, on Clemson and winning this game. And, and then again, once, once we get done with the season, we'll sit back and think, but there's no time for that right now.
1: But you, there must be moments when you think about yourself and what's just happened and how it's affected your family and everything.
5: Uh, again, you know, try, try not to, try not to worry about that too much. Cause it's not going to help me right now. Um, obviously proud of what we've done, proud of what the staff's done. You know, we're going to, we'll get together Wednesday and, and, uh, you know, have signing day there and, and. You know, enjoy a little time right there, and and I think that'll be fun. But, but we still have a lot of work to do because this game's on you right now. I mean, there's no time to sit back and think. Where in the past there was there was another week where you could prepare for this game, and um, you know, I have not played in this game before. But talking to other coaches who have, I mean this this game is is a rushed more than it ever has been. And so, uh, you know, again, it's it's all about how do we utilize these days and each day getting ready for this game.
1: We'll ask you in a month. Okay. Got to go.
10: <laughs> so Ohio State has eight national championships and probably twice as many teams that came one win short, and a half of maybe a handful of those teams were maybe one game away from not just being champions but like a legendary team, and then they just they lost a game. They just kind of another team. I wonder if that's something that you incorporate into your message
11: with these guys.
5: Yeah, it, it will be. We haven't talked about that part of it because. Uh, we hadn't been to this point yet, and we didn't want to get ourselves uh, or too too far ahead of ourselves, but but that is going to be part of the message, though, that that if you want to be known as one of the best of all time and, and be up there with the national champs um, and you want to be in rare air, here we go. You know, this is the push right here, and so, uh, yeah, that will be part of the message. Um, not that that really matters with our day-to-day operation. We're not going to be trying any harder or anything else like that, but we just got to do a great job of focusing, you know, day in and day out, and maximizing each day the best we can. So uh, we're better prepared on the 28th. Uh,
2: second row middle, Bruce. Uh, will you? Is that Washington under contract? If he is, will you allow him to go uh, to BC for a defensive coordinator position if he wants to?
5: I mean, if that's something that he would want to do, I'd be I'd be very very surprised um, and be shocked to be honest with you. But if that's what he wanted to do, then you know I would support him. But uh, I don't I don't see that happening at all.
2: Uh, you were the Heisman, Hertz, Burrow, Fields, all transfer QBs. We've chatted before about this new world you're in, but, man, I mean, that's like confirmation of the new world. But how do you keep a four- or a five-star happy when they can look and they see three of the four guys there found a better situation?
5: I think it just goes to show you what's what, you know, the, the temperature of, uh, you know, quarterback play is right now in college football and I think especially when you look at our situation you know you had Dwayne you had Joe and now you have Justin it's just amazing to think that those have been really the three quarterbacks that have been in that room over the last you know two to three years it's just amazing and uh, I'm so happy that it worked out for Joe you couldn't happen to a better person or a better family and just awesome to see but but yeah I mean it's it's one of those things I think you just have to deal with on a, on a year-to-year basis and try to figure out the best way to you know manage your team and and it's not easy you know you like to have four quarterbacks it's almost impossible not to have four quarterbacks on your roster that are on scholarship because they all want to play right now and um you know the great thing about coming to Ohio State is you know you're going to get developed at a high level and you know the hard thing about that is you know as you develop these guys they you know they if they can't play at Ohio State they feel like they can play somewhere else and so then they go on and and possibly try to play somewhere else and so that's that's frustrating but at the same time like you said that's kind of the way it is now and We don't like that. We want guys to be here and stay here and and, um, be here throughout their whole careers. But um, at the same time, I'm also uh, understanding of, you know, what people want to do. And uh, so we'll just keep adjusting as time goes on.
2: Is it about the player, about the way quarterbacks are developed now in high school? Is it about how college offenses are? In the case of Fields and Hurts, they show up. They didn't sit here. I mean, Joe was at least at LSU for a year and played, but it's like instant react, it's instant results with Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts and totally new systems.
5: Well, I think when you look at Jalen and Joe, they're both grad, uh, you know, grad transfers who had, you know, played, you know, first off, you know, Jalen had played in national championships and played a lot of football. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, Joe going down there and playing the way he did doesn't surprise me either. He's played a lot of, of football here and been around some some really good quarterbacks and JT and, and learned the right way. And, um, I think Justin's probably the anomaly where he came in and was a first-year starter, and in short order got himself ready to play and played at you know at the highest level of college football and, and uh, as a, as a sophomore. So um, that's a tribute to what he's done.
2: Last thing, did you see where ESPN ranked Urban the 46th best college football coach of all time?
5: I didn't see that. No. Well,
2: you feel fortunate you got to work for the 46th best. College <laughs> 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 Seems a little low. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
5: I don't know about all that.
8: You mentioned the schedule already, how crazy last week was and everything. I mean, you had the award circuit recruiting. I think this week's also a little condensed. In the past, the time has been almost too much before a bowl game this year. It's different. How do you manage it? How difficult is it to, to plan when it seems like there's not too much time?
5: Yeah, no, it, it's different, um, but it's the same for both teams. And, and that's it's like it's like anything else, like dealing with uh, you know rain or something like that on a game. This is... This is the situation. Now we got to deal with it. And maximize it better than better than our opponent. That's what it comes down to. And uh, to say it's easy, no, it's not easy. It's a lot. Uh, you talk about getting worn down and just running from from day to day as hard as you can go. Waking up early in the morning, going to bed late at night, and flights and and everything else. And uh, there's a lot that goes into it. But uh, it is what it is, and that's why we have a great staff and we have uh, you know a great team that, that we can handle it. And uh, you know good maturity on the team that. We're gonna go in and have a great week of practice this week. We're gonna let them go home for a couple of days, catch their breath, and then meet out in Arizona.
8: The, the players that were traveling last week, like, do they have like a set things that you guys want them to try to do on the road to stay in shape? Or yeah, out?
5: we we try to make sure that you know we get a good lift, good run uh, when they get there, and then also when they come back and just make sure we're on top of that. But you know, really, those guys they need rest too. You know, coming off of a long season, so uh, and they weren't that gone long enough that it made a big difference. <coughs>
2: Over here
8: to the right, Tom. Coach, as you look at uh, Clemson, what jumps out on their defense and and how good are these
5: guys? Yeah, I think they're really good. I think they have a lot of skill, a lot of speed. Um, You know, Simmons is the guy inside that kind of makes everything go. And they do a great job of changing up looks, you know, three down, four down, a lot of pressure, uh, you know, try to get you off schedule. And, um, you know, historically over the last, you know, decade or more, you know, Brent Fennel has been one of the best defense coordinators in the country, and and um, they continue to be really good on defense. And there's a lot of good players, a lot of good talent over there. Uh, the back end's, you know, as good as we'll see. They're, they have a lot of skill.
8: It's been a grind to get to this point, but now you're here. There's only four teams. What's the philosophy of the team? What do you say to these guys? Because, you know, one of these four is going to be a national champion. Yeah, I
5: think the first thing is, you know, you have to believe. You have to believe that you belong. As, as national champs and, and then you go from there but our our preparation doesn't need to change in terms of what we've done to this point we don't need guys to do extraordinary things we just need them to continue to do what they're doing but I think the most important thing is uh, at any cost whatever it takes to go win you do so everybody has to be willing to do uh, whatever it takes you know selfishness can't be in the way at this point I mean it has to be everybody on board doing everything they can to win every play. And you talk about every yard mattering, every first down mattering, every series mattering, uh, that's that's going to be the case here. And so all hands on deck. We've got to be really efficient, and, um, and then we have to believe we can, we can win the whole thing.
9: From our right, Tim? Yeah, uh, rank. When you go against a Venables defense, can you pull your hair out almost trying to find tails, clues, et cetera, of what's coming? I mean, just sort of what's, what, what's kind of the approach you have to take from a – as you're preparing for that kind of defense?
5: I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, you got to do a great job with the scout teams. you got to do a great job and uh, give them a clean plan. And then you just go about the business of continuing watching film, doing a great job with the scout team, giving the guys the blitz patterns, and, and then communicating and practice them at a high level.
9: You know, you've been here uh, almost to the day after uh, 31-0. <laughs> what, what, what has changed about your, uh, this offense now that's better suited to play a Clemson in this kind of setting? I mean, over these three years, what do you think you guys have really established?
5: Um, you know, again, I wasn't here, and I wasn't in that game, and actually really didn't, really didn't watch that game all that much. But um, I know that, you know, I'm proud of, of what we've done in terms of the last couple of years, we've kind of adapted both of the offenses to who we've had. You know, it's been JT, it's been Dwayne, and now it's Justin. And, and um, you know, I think that, you know, the offenses really fit who the quarterbacks are really well and their strengths. And I think, you know, for the most part, we've taken care of the football. we played with a good tempo. Uh, we stay on schedule, uh, try to be, you know, penalty free, and then play well in the red zone. And as long as you can do those things right there and stay on schedule, you know, you're, you're going to score points. And then when you compare that with, with the defense and complement that with the special teams, then you got a chance to win a game.
0: One last
9: quickie, uh, when you send these guys home for a couple of days on Wednesday, what will be your instructions to them? Obviously, you want them to enjoy time with their family, but – they're not going to be home for Christmas, you know? right? I mean, just what 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 do you want them to think about?
5: Yeah, well, I think again, you want to rest, and, and that's what it comes down to the, the idea of sending them home to be with their families, to get away for a little while. Because again, after a long, long season, you know, you need you need a little bit of a break, and they won't be home for Christmas. So I think it's it's the right thing to do. And they show up in Arizona energized, but uh, as much as they're relaxing, in the back of their mind, they know they got a job to do. And so when they arrive on Sunday, it's all hands on deck, and then we have all week to prepare.
6: Hey, Ryan, even as recently as last year, like you were like Jeff Halfley, right? Like you were um, a young, solid mind in that field, and people were excited about you, and you even had job offers um, to leave earlier than what happened here at Ohio State. I was wondering your personal experience being in the same exact position, and ironically enough, he's at a place that you once coached. um, How did that put you in a position to help – not only understand the position he might be in, but guide him.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's tough this time of year, especially, but uh, but Jeff's a pro and he understands, uh, you know, how to compartmentalize things and he'll do a great job of that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I thought Jeff handled it the right way. You know, we, we uh, got through the big 10 championship game, won the game, and then he kind of went about his business of going after that. It wasn't uh, during the rivalry week. It wasn't during championship week where he was really spending a lot of time doing that. You know, I thought, he, you know, his dedication with these players and his program for for the opportunities it gave him and I thought he handled that the right way and he's going to a great place. Boston College is a great place. Obviously I was there for nine years and have my masters degree there with great people there. And so uh you know, between Martin Jarman and uh, Father Jack and, and Father Leahy, I mean they'll 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 do something good there. And um, you know, he'll he'll do a good job. Uh, but, you know, he's gonna finish out the, the season with us and, and uh you know hopefully it's after the national championship and he's gonna have to do a roll a little bit but you know, they, have, they have a guy on their staff who's doing the same thing, and it's kind of the way it goes.
6: When colleges make transitions, uh, maybe not <clears throat> smaller colleges, but like places like Ohio State and even Florida State and some of the places that have had openings the last few years, there's this like idea that they should hire a, a person to make a big splash or a brand <clears throat> name or somebody who's exciting. Um, and I'm wondering, based on just a playoff field, having four coaches that were all promoted within, and you being one of them, how important do you think that is to be a part of a program beforehand? How did that change the way that you found success here? Just the whole deal of just being promoted from within. Is that uh, it it's is? a
5: great question. You know, I think that that's, um, that's, that's one of the reasons why we've had so much success here was that, uh, you know, when Gene Smith decided to, uh, you know, stay within the program and, and keep some continuity within the program and keep it the way it was, I thought that was a huge decision by him, and it wasn't. It was it was a little risky, call it for what it is. I mean, first time head coach at Ohio State to for him to take a chance with me here. Well, you know, again, I, I can't never say enough of what he did in making that making that decision. But but that had a huge part of this in keeping the continuity there and, and, and promoting from within. And when you look at some of the great organizations, not only in football, that's that's how they keep success going, is is doing that and not starting over from scratch. And so, um yeah, I think that's great leadership and great uh A D. Um you know, making a decision to 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 keep it within house, and then you know, you look at what what Lincoln's done, you look what Davo's done. I mean, you look what um, you know Ed Orgeron's done. I mean, you look at those guys; they've done a great job within that, and that's I think that has a big part of why it's been so successful. Um,
6: just one last quick one, but there was a world where you could have been at a place like BC last year, right? And I'm wondering, based on the experience that you've had right now and where you are, do you? Th- do you ever think about what it would have been like had you had to start somewhere new, somewhere fresh, maybe somewhere that didn't have all the built in foundational things that have been built here, but just like being the big hotshot name, that got hired to go somewhere else, what that would have been like and how much more challenging maybe that would have been. Yeah. I
5: think every situation is different and you just do the best you can to try to figure out uh, what's right at, at the place you're at, you know, and, and, um, and every situation's different and so Jeff's going to be going into a situation that's uh, very different than the, the situation I walked into and um, doesn't it make it easier doesn't it make it harder it's just different and you do the best you can to figure out what's right and then you trust your gut and you go with it
6: Any sense right now of where things are physically for Sean Wade and how much has he had to kind of gut things out here these last couple of weeks
5: yeah no he's been doing a good job and and uh, you know we' getting getting a lot of rest here so as we get going in practice today and this week, we'll probably have a better idea where he's at. And um, as far as when you have a, a guy
6: who is so, um, with Halfley, so critically involved in recruiting, especially a position as important as defensive backs for this class, how awkward is that here for these few days? How do you guys sort of figure out how much he's still involved and how much you don't want him involved and that sort of thing?
5: No, it's not awkward. You know, These guys chose this school for, um, you know, for Ohio State and, um, you know, and for what we're doing on defense and that the defense isn't going to change. And you know, I've talked to the recruits about that, that, um, you know, it's my job to go find them the best in the country. And I felt like I did that last year. I'm going to do it again this year. We're not going to change the defense. The defense is a vision that I had from early on when this whole thing started. And, um, you know, Ohio State's been here a lot longer than Jeff Afflee and it's going to continue to be great. And, um, you know, they Coach Hathaway was a big part of the reason they came here, but it wasn't the only reason. And so, you know, our guys have been strong in their response and uh, they're excited to sign on, on Wednesday.
0: Ryan, are, are
2: these, you've talked about the value of these practices several times, but are they more like an off date bi week practice because you don't have a game this week, or is this a game week? Yeah, this
5: one's a game week. So we, we practice Friday, Saturday. That was more of, like you're saying, a bi week practice, and then uh, we're into game week now.
2: With, um, you talked about Justin on that Friday before the Big Ten title game, and obviously the toughness is, has shown. And he was limited in practice that week. It, has that still been the case for him last week? How close do you think you can get him back to full mobility by next week?
5: Yeah, no, I think with this rest, he's going to be at 100. Second
2: or right, Tony.
4: You've already talked quite a bit about the, the recruiting, and how much I think it's reassurance have you or have you had to talk to the the defensive back specifically? No names, obviously,
12: but just uh, reassuring them that. Things are going to be fine, and, and you'll have that. You'll have somebody.
5: Yeah, well, with the guys on our team. Yeah.
12: I'm
9: sorry.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
5: Talk to those guys. You know, every day for the most part, and um, the response has been good. You know, it's been great, and uh, certainly they they're disappointed that they're not going to get coached by, by Jeff, but uh, but they're excited to sign. They've been great. It's been really positive. They understand. You know, this is an unbelievable program that's on the rise. We have a great defensive system, and there's great opportunity on uh, in the back end next year. You know, guys are going to be coming in with an opportunity to play and. So that's excited. So they're excited to be here and they're excited to find out who's going to coach them, but, but they will in, in time. But um, I promised them I'm going to give them the best situation uh, possible to make sure that they can reach other dreams and goals. And that's the whole idea is that they committed, to, you know, to me as the head coach and into Ohio state. And, uh, and they understand that. And that's been the response. Do you
12: expect all five of them to then sign on this week. I do. And then lastly, uh, are you expecting to sign two quarterbacks this year?
5: I don't know. Yeah. We're still uh, working through that, but here's the deal. We're, Right now, you know, we want to make sure that we have, you know, four quarterbacks in that room, uh, at least three. And so uh, that's something that's that's not easy to do. And um, so we're trying to figure that out. Like we said before with the quarterback situation, it's tough to make sure we have that. But we have to make sure that that quarterback room is solidified moving forward.
9: Right in front,
10: Joey. Ryan, um, one of the reasons people say quarterbacks were able to play right away, freshman, sophomore, so earlier in their careers is quarterback training growing up. Um Justin, Trevor—they both had like private quarterback coaches in middle school. So did other quarterbacks. With Justin, did you find him be a big benefit from that? Did he come in polished? Just like, what's your sense on how much that may have influenced him growing up?
5: Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know. I mean, I know that he was exposed to you know a high level of uh, football, just in terms of his uh, understanding of you know situations of playing the game, of coverages, things like that. Pretty good coming in. Didn't know our offense and uh, hadn't played. But he had he he wasn't like raw coming in, you know, I thought they did a good job i mean the the again, the most exciting thing about Justin Fields is he still has a huge ceiling. I can't wait to to work with him again in the off season and and keep growing from here but but he certainly uh, in order to play the way he did this year, he had to come in with a certain level of foundation and he did what,
10: what, what beyond just the side, what about cancer like work, like things like that uh,
5: that's that's all stuff we're got to look at in the off season
10: um, and just um. With your with the recruiting or with Brennan White, um, he went on the transfer portal uh last week. Obviously, if guys go in the portal, they're still allowed to come back, and because of you might lose a lot of guys in your secondary, is, is he leaving? Would you consider bringing him back? What's just the status with him?
5: I don't have an update on him
10: right now.
8: So, you're crisscrossing the country the last whatever four or five days, um, doing award shows and whatnot. How hard is it? to remain in the moment. I assume you heard the clock ticking with right. this game coming. To be there for the guys and not be thinking ahead to the game. Or, is that a challenge, uh, A? And B, um, do you have like iPads and you're looking at things while you're on the road? Just talk about it. I assume you don't just put it aside while right. you're on those, those two
5: things. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, right after the game, on uh, after we got done with the selection show, Joe, uh, loaded up my uh, my iPad full of film, and, uh, you know, when I was on the plane or in the hotel room, you know, we had time, was watching film and trying to get ahead, and so was the staff. But that's not easy to do when you're out there recruiting and you're just running from from place to place and airport to airport. And, um, like you said, award show to award show. Um, but you, you just do the best you can with it. You know, you're not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. You wish you had another week, but they don't either. So they're dealing with the same um, situation. So, again, we just want to maximize it the best we can and handle it better than they do.
8: Second last thing here is uh, they have two what two games on Chase now where he's been okay but not like he was earlier in the season at least to our to our eyes. What can you do differently with Chase and uh, moving forward here into this game?
5: Yeah, I mean I, I think uh, there's all kinds of different things you can do, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, if they really want to slide and chip and put you know three guys on them, then it's going to be hard. You know, uh, and that's where the other guys have to step up, but. Uh, but again, anytime they decide to do something like that and put extra resources into stopping chase, they're giving up something else. And so, you know, our defensive staff will be looking at that and try to figure out, you know, how we can get a schematic schematic advantage.
8: Did teams try to do that early in the season and just didn't have the personnel, or is this sort of a just the last two game phenomenon? or Are you surprised it didn't happen earlier?
5: Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a combination of two things. I think they, you know, they had a a year's worth of film, and I think that they did a good job scheming it. But then also, you know, those are good teams now. They're top ten teams with good players. and um, So I think it's a combination of two of those things. Over the
8: right, play. You said it's game week. Is the game plan in on Clemson?
5: That, that's this week. So today is like a typical uh, Tuesday practice for us. So, you know, Tuesday is for a second down. Wednesday's third down red zone, and then, and then Thursday's kind of our polish. So uh, we're into a Tuesday right now.
8: You were in the room when Joe Burrow made that speech, and as a result of what he said about Athens and Southeast Ohio, I'm seeing on Twitter he's raised like $60,000 at food pantries, et cetera. He took that thing to a whole new level, did he not? Yeah. Beyond the game yeah. in his response. How. how You've talked about him ad nauseum, but was right. damn impressive.
5: Uh, to be there and to experience that was one of those things. You know, uh, I'll remember till I'm um, you know eighty years old. That was a cool a night and, and moment as I've ever been around. Because if you know Joe, you know although he thought that out, that was just him being himself. And uh, for him to go through what he's been through, play the way he's played, see the emotion of what this has meant to him and his family. Unbelievable! You talk about class. There's not a classier guy out there, and it was just—I was just, you know, uh, humble to be in the room and just to be a part of his journey.
2: Last two reporters' questions from the
12: right, Bill. Yes, um, is Corey Dennis going to Colorado State? Can you make that official or confirm it? Uh, I don't know.
5: I don't know if they have or not yet. So I don't want to blow him up, but I know he has a chance. <laughs>
12: Uh, do you Al Washington's name was brought up. Do you foresee any other coaches leaving? Is that uh, do you think the staff is going to be intact, other than obviously, Jeff? No,
5: I'd, I'd be surprised if any of that stuff happens. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're in pretty good shape, pretty solid, and I've uh, not heard of anything otherwise. Um,
12: and in, in terms of the recruiting class on Wednesday, it's considered top five. How good do you feel about that? Uh, how much uncertainty is there going into Wednesday? No, I,
5: I feel great about the class. And I know you know you can get in the top five, top three. You know you start to, uh, you know figure out who who likes a guy who doesn't like a guy. And we know sometimes those are really accurate. Sometimes they're they're not accurate. But I know this: uh, we're gonna sign a really good class this year, and really excited about it. Good, really
0: good people, really good prospects. And
9: final questions
0: from our left, Doug. Uh, Ryan, you'd obviously worked with Mark Pantone as an assistant here uh, in recruiting, but can you describe sort of how you guys what how your relationship has worked this year? Him understanding your vision of how you want to go about recruiting and, you know, he worked for Urban almost his whole life and now he's working for you. How have you guys worked together to shape this class? Yeah,
5: well, I think uh, I just have a tremendous amount of trust in what Mark's opinion is, the way he works. Um, You know, I kind of let him run the personnel department is the best way to, to put it. And that's that's recruiting. And there's a lot that goes into that. There's the it's not just evaluating. That's a big part of it, but that's that's only some of it. It's everything else. It's the organization of recruiting trips. It's the organization of recruiting weekends. It's the organization of the staff where we put people, the recruiting, everything. He does He does it all and uh, organizes the numbers. And, and so the, the amount of trust that I have in him is off the charts. And, and uh, what he's done this year and helped put together this class, uh, you can't put a, a value on that.
0: And just thinking about the class you're pulling together now, when you arrived here in in January of 2017, Ohio State was about to – in a class that was number two in the country that you see all the 2017 guys that are driving this team forward right now do you remember what you thought of you know when you got here and you saw hey man you know, Chase Young's coming here and then you get Jeff Okut. just what did you think of that class as that's what the first class was when you got here
5: um, no I mean I know that you know when you're when you're at Ohio State you're gonna get you know uh, you know top recruiting classes because, you know, you have, a, you have a kind of first pick and, and yeah, you have to go recruit them. You have to evaluate them. You got to do a great job with them. But um, you know, I don't, at the time just coming in, I never realized that they'd be this good of players. I mean um, you talk about some of the great, I mean, JK and Jeff and Baron and chase, I mean, uh, great players and, uh, and, and, but better people uh, and the leadership that they brought is unbelievable. And so uh, that staff did a great job bringing these guys in. And,
0: and last thing, you you made it clear from the start um, with this defense. You said you wanted to make sure you had a four-guy four front. But it feels like today you're talking more about your overall defensive philosophy with cover one and cover three and the single high safety. It seems like more than we've heard you talk about it before. I don't know. Um, moments like this when you are turning staff over for the first time, is this a moment where a coach does have to make clear, like, guys come and guys go, but this is what we are. This is what we do. It just feels like to me you're maybe making sure that everybody understands that today what this Ohio State program, not just offense, but in totality, really is. Absolutely,
5: yeah. Because that's that's what it comes down to. And I couldn't really have those conversations in the preseason or in the spring or anything because I didn't really want anybody to know what we were doing. Um, and so as time has gone on, now it's on film and people know what our identity is, and it's been great. But it's what you said. I mean, we've, we've recruited defensive linemen at a high level, so we want those guys on the field. And then, you know, based on the experiences that I've had as an offensive coordinator and then, uh, you know, calling plays, I think that gives us the, the, the biggest uh, struggle is, is that kind of defense. And then you mix that in with the guys that we're recruiting and the guys that we have now, I think it's a great fit. Linebackers, safeties, corners, I think that, that you know, puts stress on the defense. And do I think will evolve as time goes on? Sure. But that's the philosophy, and those are the conversations that I had with those guys when they came in. That's why you know Greg is here, and that's why Larry's here, and that's why Alex here. Those guys are all four down guys. And then you know Jeff was a cover three guy coming from San Francisco and in, in the, the Seattle Pete Carroll cover three, and and that's that's what I want to do moving forward. And th- those are the reasons they're here. Uh, they, they didn't come in here to go run something they didn't have a background in, and that's why we targeted those guys, and we'll continue to do that.
4: Next, we hear from defensive end Zach Harrison.
3: Ryan Davis was just talking about how teams have put more resources into sort of trying to contain Chase Young in the late part of the season. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? How did that affect him, and how does it affect the rest of the line?
11: I mean, yeah, you can, you can tell the last – after, well, like the Wisconsin game, you can tell the team has put a lot more focus on, you know, Chip and Chase, bringing the guard over Chase, doubling Chase, and uh, – that's really where us, us, other ends, the younger guys, got to step up, and because that means we're we're left one on one on the backside. We gotta we gotta make those plays. And That's one thing that Coach did really emphasizes later on the season that we gotta win our one on one matchups. Is they're getting all this attention to chase.
3: How's Chase handling that? Because I, I'm, if I were in that situation, I would be frustrated at seeing three guys yeah. on every play.
11: Yeah, I think he handles it pretty well. You know, I mean, a little frustration comes in as it would for everybody. You know, but um. Because we can, you know, we try to, you know, try to get him free in different ways, And but he really, we got it's really on the other side of to try to help free him up a little bit for getting pressures. how
12: would you kind of characterize your freshman
11: year? Um, I think I had a pretty solid freshman year so far, And you know? uh I came in early, spring ball, that stuff helped me through camp, and didn't really know what the season was going was gonna to hold, and I came in, started off kind of slow, and once the game started slowing down a little bit, I started making more plays, and I do pretty good. He came in as a guy, and was
12: obviously an incredibly talented guy, but sort more potential than mm-hmm. production, a little raw. How much have you kind of um, your learning curve gotten to the point where it is now going to be production and not just potential?
11: Yeah, it's uh, just working with Coach Jay every day, and all the all the old guys helping me out. You know, with my technique and all the stuff, the little things of the game that I really didn't have coming in, and it's still I still have a bunch to learn, like a lot. I have a lot of steps to take before I'm a finished product, and that's the that's the exciting part for me as that, a player. Sorry. When you talk about you know, this being a pretty good freshman year, did you do more than you anticipated? Um, yeah. I, mean, I, had, I had goals. Come, I really didn't have goals coming in. I, like, I just wanted to come in, and I wanted to play, and I, I've done that. And so I've exceeded my expectations.
12: you got to start. you got yeah. some big sacks. Yeah. And I, I thought has got to be... Even if you didn't have goals, I'd mm-hmm. say it's had to be yeah. way ahead of what you thought the mm-hmm. schedule, maybe for your freshman
11: year. Yeah, it, it was. So what does that mean now, going into the next year? Um, I mean, after the season, whatever that ends up uh, doesn't really mean anything. I want the next the next year. I got to you know get better, and I can't have I can't have the same year I had this year. Next year, I got to you know keep improving and make more plays next year.
12: Maybe it's not fair because you're different people, but you're going to get the question: Are you the next portable Chase shot? How do you kind of feel about that? How are you going to embrace the pressure that's going to come
11: your way? I mean, yeah, we, me and Chase talk about it all the time. We joke about it. talks about, like, how he's better than me and this, that, and the other. And, um, <clears throat> and it's, um, you know, it's kind of good having him around because it's kind of somebody where I, I can chase, you know. So, I mean, like I said, like, we always talk about his freshman year and how I'm trying to have a better freshman than he'd have and just in just the next year and so on and so forth.
3: Does that mean you've added trying to be a Heisman candidate onto your list of goals?
11: <laughs> I mean, is, if it, I, is that realistic? I mean, yeah, if I, if I, if I get there, then I, that'd be a blessing and an honor, but I'm not i so just trying to so you, Zachary. Exactly.
1: Um, your first year here, it's also Brian Day's first year, mm-hmm. and you were going through all this new stuff, and so was he kind of as a first-year coach. How much were you aware of that, that it was his first go-around as well?
11: Um, Not really. He was I mean, the first, only college coach I ever had, So, but you could tell um, – as the season's gone, gotten more and more comfortable in that role and talking to the team and doing the things that a head coach needs to do.
1: How, how you say you could tell he got more comfortable? How could you tell?
11: I don't know how to describe it. You, you just tell he's more comfortable, like in front of the team, talking to us and all like, that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Okay.
10: Is it crazy to think a year ago you're finishing up high school, about to come here?
11: Yeah. I thought about it. I think about the time. Like I got here January eighth last year, and that's in like three weeks. So three weeks from now I've been here for a year and that's surreal.
12: Not only that, but you were a very late decision maker. Yeah,
11: I don't even know if I was committed at this time last year. Right, so
12: ask
11: yeah, you. So, so I mean
12: you were you were leaning
11: with yeah, your way, Yeah.
12: Right? When did that kinda of change and, and how much have you thought about that? Boy, I could be there and of up here.
11: I mean I really I didn't decide where I was going until the one or the Saturday before signing day and it was on a Wednesday. So right. I didn't know until three days before signing day. Now I don't really think about what what ifs a lot. I mean, every once in a while I still talk to the guys who I was close with, and pretty much that's, about, that's about it. Okay. Did you really
9: know Ryan Daybrand before
1: you took over as the head coach? Like, did you have any relationship
11: with him? Um, I had met him, talked to him once before, because uh, RJ, his son, was practicing after my high school team practice. And he walked up to me and was like, My dad's recruiting you. What is <laughs> your dad? So we got on the phone. Uh, talking about that, joking about RJ that being you know, everything.
12: So like you said, you weren't committed yet. He took the job over so like, like how quickly did you guys have to build a sort of relationship where you were comfortable enough to make the
11: decision from there? Uh, pretty quick, you know, you know Coach J being there helped a lot because we'd already had the relationship for what, two and a half years before that so, um, you know, him stepping in and assuring that my family that things were going to going to change drastically it's going to be the same program, it's going to have his kind of spin on it, that um that helped a lot. You know, RJ
12: considers himself
11: a GM of his team. Yeah, he's he's yeah, one of the, one of the guys. <laughs> so yeah. That's the way you guys think. Of yeah, he's one of the guys. Yeah.
10: When so you, when Ryan was going pursuing you last December, what did he tell you about what kind of defense he wanted to run? Because at the time, like neither Greg Madison yeah. nor Jeff Hafley was here. I know Larry Johnson would have been your position coach, but what did he tell you, kind of like big picture about? We
11: didn't team? talk too much about what kind of defense we'd run, all that stuff.
10: But. Was it unsettling at all to kind of commit without like maybe like a clear cut like? coordinator
11: at the time. No. What? Not really.
3: What did you talk about? If not scheme and what? How you fit in and all that kind of stuff.
11: Um, we just talked about the program and where he sees me and where, where I can where I fit in, how I can help the program, how the program can help me, stuff like that. Have you watched any much on Clemson?
9: If so, what did you see from your first couple
11: of Uh We started watching Clemson um, a little bit, and you know, they're. They're a good team. Their O line, O line's big. Special teams going a challenge. They got a good back. Obviously, good quarterback. Good skill players on the outside. So um, this is gonna be a challenge. It's gonna be a fun one to play. Exactly. Larry's out
12: on the road recruiting. Like Kenny's pretty much in charge of you mm-hmm. guys. I guess. What's been your impression of him as a top of position coach?
11: He's gonna be a great coach whenever he gets the opportunity to be one. Cause he's got got a lot of energy. He's played at the highest level, so he knows what those guys look for. He and that's, that's his biggest thing is his energy. He, um, it's hard to. Come into practice and not match him because he's yelling and screaming and his voice is all intense and you can't just be like like lazy about it because you know he just brings it out of you. And that's his biggest. I think that's his biggest um, like attribute. It's the best one. How
9: much is Larry Johnson rucked off on okay? him? Zach, thank you very much. Um,
11: I Zach, I, I'm sorry. <laughs>
9: I'm sorry. I, I thought you I, oh. I, 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 I keep going. My bad. <laughs> it's
11: like this is how much Larry Johnson rubbed off on you. You can tell his Coach Jay's influence, like the, uh, like his, I don't want to say motivation, like when he talks. But you can tell, like the Coach Jay and him is coming out a little bit. It's Thanks. like there's a
7: unique situation in that you're going to, to, to play a team that hasn't lost a game in almost two years. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily, when we're talking to Ohio State game, it's about how much your favorite
8: pie and how you keep focused, and that is nowhere near the conversation for this Mm -hmm. game. How unique is it to you all as players just to be in a different position, maybe, when you hear from us and that kind of
11: thing? Um, I don't know if it's different. It's just uh, we'll attack every week. Every week is different, so it's a different challenge coming on. Whenever we play them, like I said, they're a great team. We're a good team, so... It's gonna come down to all the little things that we gotta work on if we can practice. How
12: much are you looking forward to teaming with Tyreek, kind of some more full time
11: year? Um, it'll be fun. listening with all all the guys right. who have come in, like like Tyreek, uh, Friday, Javante, Coops coming back, and uh, and uh, some of the guys like Noah, he'll probably have a bigger role next year because he'll improve over the offseason. And maybe some of the young guys are coming. This will be fun. Just have a new group.
12: So, uh, that, that back? Last question right
11: there. Um, it's a lot of. It's good because he brings a lot of leadership. Like, he's one of the best leaders on the, in the whole program. So him, having him, having a voice in the room, because if he would have left this year, it would have been a really young group. A lot of guys who don't have a lot of experience, you know, in that leadership role of having him there to kind of be the guy that everyone's like, all right, you know, he's, he's the leader of this unit. It's really help 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 us make sure the transition.
4: Finally, today we turn to offensive lineman Josh Myers.
11: How you
7: doing?
12: Josh, we all know about Clemson's defensive at Wyoming. That's not the name players they had a year ago, but obviously Clemson's defense. What's the challenge? How much
7: you look better at the that challenge? Yeah, their challenge, the challenge is going to be, you know, obviously a great one. Their defense is is very good. Uh, They did lose a lot of guys, but they kind of just reloaded, to be honest with you. Um so, so they're very good uh up front, you know their linebackers are really good downhill, hit hard, so you know, it's gonna be uh definitely a heavy hitter type of game. Um and it's gonna be a challenge
11: for us.
12: And for you, I mean they are known, Brent Venable is known as a great like, people to they mm-hmm. a lot of different roles. For you as a center in particular, being able to identify, make the right calls, how much pressure is that put on you?
7: Yeah, um it puts a lot of pressure on me. Um he does, you know, from the film I've seen, they've ran a ton of different looks, a um, ton of different blitzes, and I'm going to have to be prepared for all of it, um, so, you know, I've already started that process uh, and watched quite a bit of film, um, so it's going to put a lot of pressure on me, but to be honest with you, they're all looks that I've seen before, and, you know, there there hasn't been a, a whole lot that we haven't seen this season. We've had so much mm-hmm. stuff thrown at us, which is, is you know, beneficial. Do
10: you have to kind of develop your own game plan on it, I mean... Make your own notes so you feel like you're mentally prepared?
7: Yeah, kind of yeah. I mean, I always do. I always, I always, uh, you know, I, I like to kind of watch film by myself um, every now and then and just kind of, like, get really, really detailed with it and, and what I'm looking for, um, you know, and, and little things I can pick up, little tendencies, you know, anything I can see uh, in their defense. Um, That's it, something I do pretty much every game, and, and it's nice to have more time to be able to do that for this one.
1: Do you have, like, spreadsheets? Uh,
7: not spreadsheets, but I have I have a lot of notes, a lot of notes.
12: What do you uh, What do you make of the phrase "defense wins championships"?
7: It's true. Defense does win championships. Um, you know, if you have a good defense, uh, it, it can be a game changer if they can get off the field quickly. But I also think that I also think good defense is good offense at the same time. I know it sounds it sounds confusing, but you know, if a defense goes three and out gets off the field and then the offense has a six-minute drive and and runs all the way down the field and gives the defense a break that defense is much more likely to succeed again the next time around you know what i mean so it goes hand in hand but defense definitely does win championships do you
12: think this team goes as far as the offensive line takes it
7: uh i think so i think so just like you said i mean i think our defense is is very good um our defensive line is very good um so you you know they're they're going to get off the field at points and you know the better we do, I think the better they are.
10: Do you think that could be extra true, though, in this game when both teams have great quarterbacks, great receivers, great skill guys, good defenses? I mean, really, maybe that could be a place where you guys could take control of the game.
7: Uh, Yeah, I I certainly hope so. Uh, I would definitely say talent is is equated on this one. I mean, they're they're a very, very good football team. Um, So, yeah, I think, think, you know, the way our offensive line plays will be huge in the (laughs) outcome of this game.
9: But you guys have started slow here. A few of the games, twenty-one to seven at halftime against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Do You dare allow anything like that to happen again? Because Clemson's so explosive, it could be fourteen or twenty-one to nothing at the blink of an eye. Just what, right. what do you do to start a game better than you have some of these most recent games?
7: Yeah, yeah, we, we did we did start slow uh, versus Wisconsin. Um, you know they had a they had a really good good game plan and obviously a very good team. Um, you know, and I think. I think just coming out firing on all cylinders uh, is going to be huge, you know. No no mistakes, no little penalties. And then, you know, to be honest with you, we really were – we were moving the ball on Wisconsin. We just weren't finishing the drives. We just had things that were killing our drives, and we just we can't do that in big games. Um, so you know, I think eliminating those things will, will be the biggest thing for us. You said there are
6: a lot of not a lot of things you haven't seen yet. But did that Wisconsin game, especially the first half, did it show you anything you hadn't seen? Did it either the volume that they were um, bringing or the trouble that you guys had.
7: Yeah, it was. To, to be honest with you, in the Wisconsin game, it was just I think just the sheer numbers that they were bringing. Uh, they they were for one they were blitzing a, a lot like almost every play and then they were uh, they were bringing a lot of people they, they were they were loading loading it up on us and, and bringing quite a few people.
6: What did you guys learn from that experience? Or what adjustments did you feel you made? You
7: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's tough to 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 pick certain blitzes up when when teams are bringing bringing that many blitzes and that many people. Um, you know, I think just kind of gritting our teeth and being able to run the ball there especially in in the fourth quarter we had like a six minute drive that was that was huge um i think i think being able to just kind of grit our teeth and, and get those first downs one right after another running the ball was, was huge and it kind of slows defenses down when they're blitzing like that
3: sean wade said something interesting he said that jeff halfley had a position group meeting where he told his players what his dreams were and had them admit what their dreams were mm-hmm. to him does Coach Stud maybe not that exact discussion, but does Coach Stud open up like that as a person to you guys?
11: Yeah,
7: absolutely. Um, you know, during the season, we don't really do that just because, you know, we're so busy uh, in the grind of, of day-to-day. You know, we have so much film to watch and so many things to cover that we don't really have time a whole lot during the season to do that. But, like, in camp, uh, we spend actually quite a bit of time on stuff like that. You know, we set goals for ourselves individually, collectively as a unit, as a team, and then, you know, we all we all talk about it, and, and that's something that we do a lot in preseason.
3: I think what impressed me more than, than you, that they were discussing goals was the fact that he'd opened up personally about what his life ambitions were, not just as a coach, but as right. a, a man and a, and a father and mm-hmm. and, a, and a professional. Right, right, right. Is, is Stud that open, or is he easier to see as an offensive flying coach than as... A human being who happens
7: to be a coach, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, he does open up to us, and and you know, and, and say you know his own personal goals and, and dreams and stuff. But I think, in large part, um, he's probably accomplished a lot of those things. To be honest with you, I mean, I think you know he's super family oriented, and you know, I know he loves his family so much, and you know, Mrs. stud and, and their and their kids. So. um to be honest, I, I think that's most of his dreams is his family, um, you know, outside of football at least. I think, you know, for, for a guy like Coach Studd, football and family is really all he needs, and that's, that's that's pretty much the extent of his dreams. And we talk about ours outside of football as well, um, and that's something we usually don't do that in preseason. But we do that in the summer. Um, you know, we have, like, our five-year plan and our ten-year plan that we work on, um, and then we talk about it. Uh, so that's something that we all do, yeah. So
3: what's your five- and ten-year plan? Like Thumbnail
7: version. Of, of mine? Yeah. Uh, so, like, five-year plan uh, for me. I'm a social work major. Um, so, you know, I want to obviously graduate with a social work degree. Uh, my dreams are to play in the NFL uh, for as long as I can. You know, that's, that's my dreams. Uh, you know, and, and that's pretty much my five-year and then ten-year. You know, I start wife, kids, you know, probably – hopefully still playing in the NFL. That's that's the dream. But if not, you know, being the best social worker I can be.
9: Accumulate wealth and move on? <laughs> no. Hey,
7: Provide Josh. for my family and move on. Yeah.
9: Hey, uh, you know, I need some fresh video on this, but I asked you about this earlier in the year. But, <laughs> Joseph Jackson, what do, you, what do you think is going – what do you think he's thinking about every day compared to this time a year ago? I mean, where he yeah. came from. The, they never went to a bowl game. The struggles they had to just win one game a year or two games a year. But, Uh-oh has he expressed any of that to you guys and just yeah you know, thoughts he might be having
7: yeah it's it's been a while um you know he, we don't really like talk about it in depth but there, he will say like like when we beat penn state like after that game like we were just in the locker room like you know getting ready to leave and like he just kind of looked at me and was like you know that's the first time i've ever beat them like in my entire career yeah just like stuff like that um you know, I think he's he's got to be as, as happy as he can be about how everything's going. I mean, he's doing so good too. He's he's so good.
9: Are you surprised you, you three guys, especially in, on the inside, gelled as well as y'all did? I mean, he said he wasn't because it's talented guys.
7: Yeah. You know, um, a
9: lot of times, you think it takes two or three years for a group to really come together, but you guys did it. In
7: yeah. Off season. Um, I think that's all an attribute. I think me and Wyatt were already gelled like that. I mean, we spent all of last season together um so i think we were already kind of gelled like that and then you know i think that's just an tribute to who jonah is as a person and how he handles himself um and and how well he did coming in here it's a hard thing to do what he did um and just the way he carried himself throughout that whole process and and you know how professional he was and you know like we all love him like so much yeah um so, just, just everything he's done, his whole process has been next to perfect.
9: And one of the quickie, I mean, you know, when, when you really watch Clemson, I've, I've watched Clemson a lot, they really like to attack the <laughs> 8 area, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they figure flush the quarterback and good things are going to happen now. Right, know, right. You know I mean? Get him on the move and stuff. D- does that show up on video with them? And just, I don't know, how much does that more pique your interest about what your your challenge is on yeah,
7: the um, Yeah, it's definitely something that I've noticed. Um, while watching film and it's it's something that I'll go into extremely, extremely great detail yeah. watching and making sure that I'm prepared for because you know that'll that'll definitely be a big part of the game.
9: Great. Josh thank you very much. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks it guys. Much. Thank you. Thank you Josh. You don't really call her Mrs Stud? Yeah.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I do. yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Just
9: wanna make sure.